episode i know we're running a little late but you know like diwali and life happens and so on and so forth we have a really special episode planned for today and i'm going to let aditi take you guys through what it's about so this week we're going to be talking about mothers and as indian women we really wanted to explore how our relationships with our mothers determine so much of how we interact with the world and we wanted to explore how things are different for us compared to our mothers generation and how women in particular have really grown from back in the day and this episode we've invited our listeners to share their experiences with their mothers it's an exciting episode because it's very personal and it talks about everything that we know as people and i think it's really more a cultural exploration than anything else so yeah let's get into it yeah i mean we've got some entries for listeners and you know when we were kind of putting it together and i was listening to it there's just so much uh understanding and so much warmth and so much also tension for sure but overall there's just this sort of uh, completely new way of relating to your parents as you grow older and actually there's a psychological term for it called individuation um which means that you know you sort of become an adult when you look at your parents not just as like your primary caregivers but also as very fallible adults in western societies usually this sort of happens when the kid leaves for college so at 18 but in indian societies apparently the most common age for it to happen is like near the 30s which one would assume is when the person gets married right so i think that there's an interesting sort of uh, i'm trying not to say the word dichotomy <laughs> there's an interesting <laughs> there's sort of an interesting contrast to observe there because i mean everything's are done no matter how modern a society gets or whatever freedom we might enjoy as the second generation post independence there is this particular way we relate to our parents and specifically our mothers which uh, is harder to come by in other cultures for example yeah so i was saying that you know this is also reflective in the voice notes that we've received about how a lot of people are afraid of turning into their mothers and like news flash it that's probably going to happen like by a certain point in time you're going to be like a, an amalgamation of your father's and your mother's traits like for good or for worse um there's also a scientific study i'm forgetting what it's called but it is you know in psychology wherein it kind of talks about how when you until the age of 18 you kind of are a product of your environment and your behavior is actually contingent on the environment you belong to or that you're existing in in that moment but post that you kind of start reflecting the very genetic hereditary traits of your parents i've been grappling with this for i think the longest time ever since i sort of came into my own and started to feel a little bit more like an adult woman 
I've been grappling with these feelings of not wanting to turn into my mom and I couldn't really reconcile how my mom is my hero with the fact that I don't want to turn into her at the same time. It was weird because I don't know, like there are so many things that you see in your mom. There are so many sort of what's the word like there's this hangover from a lot of the oppression that our mothers have gone through that reflect on their behaviors that you don't want to imbibe whether it comes to your career or men or just life in general and then you find yourself doing that and you it, it's almost like having a road map laid out for you saying this is what's going to happen to you and you're actively trying to avoid it and i'm not trying to say that my mother's had like this tragic life not at all but there are just certain errors in judgment or certain behaviors that are maybe self-destructive that i have seen myself doing that are almost exactly like my mother's and i think lately i've been finding a lot more sympathy and empathy for my mom and that doesn't necessarily make me more patient i wish that it did but that's what i've been finding lately you know where i just want to kind of get to know her as a person and really feel for her a little bit more because oftentimes we see our parents mistakes and we blame them for it and we don't acknowledge that these are people who have lived very complex lives um who've often gotten married at an age where they were still figuring themselves out and you know had children and didn't really get a chance to come into their own till much later and uh, i think once you start to understand that about your parents you realize that their mistakes were just a part of life and they weren't cons- conscious decisions and they have no bearing on, on who they are as people you know and Yeah there are a lot of fundamental differences in how my mom and I think but by and large we are so similar and I think that's unavoidable because that is sort of what you grow up with you know and it's inevitable that you might imbibe some of those qualities in terms of my relationship with my mom um it's a strange one because I think I'm definitely in a lot of ways like her but in a lot of ways we could also not be more dissimilar and uh I can be quite like anxious and high powered and sort of high octane and bring this kind of like anxious energy to most things I do and forget to live in the present quite often and she's quite literally the opposite in the sense she basically like cruises through life and just I feel like from that perspective I think because of that also manages to truly just enjoy things for what they are instead of imposing her judgment or her point of view on various things which is saying something right she's also lived a fairly interesting life in that she in her 50s kind of discovered feminism in some sense like truly discovered feminism and kind of reclaimed her life from just outside of being a wife or a mother and for the last couple of years has kind of just been using her savings to travel all over the world and my dad isn't much for traveling plus he has actual you know work that he has to attend to so my mom has just kind of been traveling across the world by herself and with her sister 
which is fascinating because I mean I'm going to be 30 and I don't think I've done like any solo trips frankly so it's also interesting because there's this whole like third wave of feminism that we're grappling with in the country and people like say our generation people like Aditi and I are kind of in the middle of that storm and so many of our opinions are being shaped by role models that we see on the internet if you really think about it or the books that we're reading definitely not from the films that we're watching at least not the ones in India so uh, it's interesting to have these conversations with my mother and also be exposed to certain fault lines that perhaps I've been blind to because of my own conditioning or you know the fact that I'm a product of the social media age so it's also interesting to see somebody who's reconciled herself to a certain way of being but also found freedom within the system um or also found ways to express herself within the system start with this woman so rabab lohit is now hanging around living her best life getting called on by like the raw mangoes of the world to be in random shoots and curating this and fashion that and really just really fucking enjoying herself but that's absolutely not what she started off with or what she was born into she was born into a middle class family where her dad worked you know drove a scooter to work worked for the government lived in pandara road and then lived through this massive massive transition that happened in india you know between the liberalization of the 90s and uh, overall the kind of changes that we've been born into she kind of lived through them as an adult and not only that but she chose to marry a hindu at a time when obviously that was just completely completely even more unacceptable than it is perhaps right now and as a result faced a lot of backlash and turmoil be that from family or friends or uh, even strangers which to this day continues but that's a different conversation entirely but yeah i think she is a woman who experienced so much strange varied shit in her life that she decided to just say i'm going to really just enjoy the last 20 30 years that i have be unapologetic be pretty stubborn about how i go about it and yeah she's and she's brilliant i'm super super close to my mother which is obviously something that has taken time to get to we've had to work on that quite excessively but yeah i think that context needs to be laid before i get into the rest So in terms of are we close uh, we're very very close now um, I think we are very similarly inclined I'm her only child naturally there's going to be the mother son some level of inherent uh, proximity and closeness that ends up being there but yeah I think the two of us probably have a lot more in common than uh, many other people that I have close to me and around me again family and friends and this and that and we've discussed this as well we've identified that we both have similar sometimes negative sometimes positive traits and as a result we can fairly easily understand what the other is saying but that didn't necessarily translate to a healthy relationship until say 3 4 maybe even 5 years back i think when i was much younger my parents both of them were actually pretty 
controlling and overbearing and wanted things to be a certain way. And I was like, fuck all that. I'm going to do my own thing entirely. Ended up doing a bunch of stuff that I definitely should not have done. But I had fun. And they learned to kind of live with a different version of what they expected. Very different. And I learned to kind of also temper my own shenanigans to some extent. And I think, you know, full credit to her. I think she realized that I need to step, that she needed to kind of step back alter how she engaged with me in order to kind of adjust, address the fact that I'm still young enough to not know exactly what I'm doing, or at that time, that was the case. And then, you know, we kind of started communicating very honestly, which became something that really helped. I kind of just, um, you know, made it a point to be as open with her about what I was getting up to, even if it was nefarious stuff, she still needed to know what that was like. And I think that was something that we both, you know, we made sure that that's something that we, made the forefront of our relationship is being as honest and open with each other. So then there's room for criticism that isn't based in confusion or deceit or any of that shit, right? So she can honestly give me an appraisal of what I'm up to and I have no shame now telling her if I'm smoking a joint, having 12 drinks and I'm super hungover the next day, this, that. She, she kind of knows what I get into and that's that's really done a lot to make sure that we're, you know, we're as close as we should be. Because again, personality-wise, there's a lot of common ground. We have a similar sense of humor, similar even aesthetic and this and that. And the only way to actually get to a point where those things become meaningful is to have a relationship where it isn't just parent child. And honestly, if you have a relationship like that past your mid twenties and you receive the type of education and worldly experiences that we have, then, you know, questionable, but yeah, you, I guess it really helped to kind of, for both of us to be like, yeah, these are two adults who happen to be parent and child, but let's look past that and actually form a relationship this, in a bit of a vacuum. Otherwise, there's so much stuff that's, you know, effectively a hangover from when you are much younger that ends up throwing things off. But yeah, we're very close. And <clears throat> perhaps now I think, I mean, we're at a point where I can generally just tell her the strangest shit that I've gotten up to. And given that she knows that it turned out all right, like I'm doing fairly well for myself, I'm, I'm cool, I'm comfortable, she's not too stressed. So I can again, you know, do all of that. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's a long answer to are you close? The short answer, obviously, is yes, very. As a kid, I always felt like my mom could read my mind, especially when I was up to no good. I felt like she knew. It was probably my conscience that was playing tricks on me, but it always manifested in the way my mom could tell in my head. Um... Through this lockdown, it's been the longest that I've spent time at home as an adult. And uh, we've all been sharing chores. My dad and my mom both cook and clean. And even though both have a master's degree in physics, it's my dad who ended up doing a full-time job, whereas my mom was holding fort at home. She's been the housewife or the householder in that sense. So when it comes to any kind of chores, it's, you know, her domain. And I've seen that anytime my dad's colleagues hear her speak intellectually, they are always like somehow impressed and taken aback. And it frustrates me because it's not flattering. It's very unassuming of them to think that this person may not be qualified or in that sense, a wife may not be qualified to make a valid point when it comes to anything intellectual and it's sad that 
they are seen that way i feel like when it comes to um really coming into your own as a person our generation like you and i because of a lack of say familial pressure to kind of fall into a certain pattern we have had so much time to sort of explore different facets of our personalities like for my mom what i noticed was ever since she was a child she was constantly grappling with trying to kind of go against the grain and do her own thing while still finding acceptance with her family and that took a toll on her self esteem and her self respect i don't think she had a cheerleader when she was my age and she wanted to do things with her life she didn't have somebody telling her you can do it and i think that's one of the greatest privileges that i have that i have a mom who stands behind me and says you can do this i believe in your dream i mean at the same time i feel a lot of pressure to maybe live out her dreams you know things that maybe she couldn't do because she and i have very similar aspirations um and i think that is constantly like it, it, it's a bit of a bone of contention between us but i do feel like there is a part of me that wants to do that for her because of how much she's given me you know and i feel guilty for not being able to live up to that and not being able to give back to my mother and not being able to express to her how much exactly she means to me and how much i love her my mom i think is constantly grappling between these two worlds of you know being more traditional and adhering to certain expectations and then also wanting to live your own life and i think her mother was probably dealing with the same things i don't think her grandmother really had a chance because she got married at 14 and now when i'm 28 i feel like wow like i haven't done justice to those women's dreams you know and that's something that i have to deal with yeah exactly um i'm just trying to think of what aspects i mean it's also interesting because this is such a personal kind of a topic and not only does it require you to understand your mother but it also requires you to understand yourself in this in the sense that um it's quite impossible to look at our parents from any kind of an objective distance right wherein the impression that you have of them quite often might be in contrast with perhaps how the world perceives them uh although i don't think in the grand scheme of things that matters as much but it is true like the sort of sense of hero worship of our parents is a very very place thing and we all go through it and it's quite a shock to the system when you're just that kind of realizing like you know she's got these tendencies or like you know she nags or so on and so forth and it's also like idea of love languages right like as kids we pick up our attachment styles and the way we love or express love through our parents and that includes all the good and bad and then you're just kind of uh stuck kind of mimicking that pattern in your basically all your relationships until you go into therapy that's to be honest uh but does make me think that you know that ha- having that acceptance like they did the best they could uh and i'm sure all of us went through like rebel phases and had all out wars with our mothers
Basically, uh, I guess I'll just jump right in. Um, I have been very close to my mom my whole life. Uh, she's definitely been and continues to be one of the most important people in it. I don't think that's particularly unique, um, but I feel a very, very strong bond with her. Um, and I really don't know what I would do without her. Uh, I think, you know, one of the reasons why um, she's been such a wonderful mother is that she's always, I think, even from the time we were barely even to speak, able to speak, uh, treated my sister and I as individual people. She's actually told me that when um, she and my father first discussed getting married, she kind of did say up front that, you know, she's, yeah, thought about being a wife and wants to be and all of that, but she's thought far more about being a mother. Um, so, you know, she definitely, definitely was seeking this experience of motherhood out in her life. So one of the major features of my connection with my mom is that not only has she been my mother, she's also been my teacher, uh, my guru, um, because she has taught me dance from the time I was five years old, younger than that even. Um, and that has been a pretty definitive aspect of my experience <laughs> with her. Um, basically, she is a Bhaisnatyam dancer. She's been also dancing since she was very, very young. Um, and it's kind of been her life's work, really, um, her dance. Uh, so, you know, she kind of, she learned from one of the most eminent, prominent figures in Bharatanatyam, um, Bala Saraswati. And uh, she called her Balama. And um, my mom grew up, uh, for the most part, in, in Chennai. And that's where Balama uh lived um to and 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 in the latter part of her life and she was a force i think to this day my mom uh, really really reveres her and um her legacy uh, as do many people um so anyway all of that really just to say that uh she is a dancer that is kind of part of the essence of who she is so you know she was i think very clear from the time uh, that my sister and i were very young that it would also be a part of our lives um on the whole i'm immensely grateful for that and i wouldn't have it any other way but it was a journey um it has been fraught for sure um so you know we kind of started learning um with her at home we had classes when when it, my sister and i grew up in hong kong um and during those years, we would travel to India every single year to see our family. And during that time, my mom would take us to, um, you know, be with her old teachers, have class with them. She would hold class with us, have us practice. Um, and, you know, we did enjoy it. And I mean, I think, I think we still 
do enjoy dance in general very, very much. And we both, my sister and I have a lot of reverence for Bhatnatyam. But I think as we got a little older, um, we obviously, I think, started to struggle to balance it with other things. And I think it was never really our prerogative um, to make it such, Bharatanatyam specifically such a big part of our lives. Um, and it was also, you know, made more difficult by the fact that we were living in Hong Kong. And so, you know, we and we went to this, this like British curriculum school with like British teachers and in, in, you know, in and among like a very, very mixed crowd of kids, just like any other third culture kid, I think um, a difficult experience to kind of figure out how to bring those aspects of our identities together. And, you know, obviously dance was a big symbolic part of our Indian identity. And I think, you know, we definitely took it for granted uh, because my mom was our teacher started to become after a point of stressor that we weren't practicing and that we weren't taking it seriously and you know that definitely did put a strain on things um, and I think it really hurt her which I kind of understand why um, but I also don't really know what we could have necessarily done differently it just wasn't something that you know we were owning as our own thing so yeah, it was difficult for everyone. Fast forward a few more years, we moved back to India when I was 15. And at that point, you know, my mom was very clear that her a priority was to make sure that my sister and I did our Arangetrams, which basically is the coming of age solo sort of debut stage performance. Essentially, what it kind of consists of is this like a one to two hour performance where it's just you <laughs> and a bunch of people there to watch you and um, it takes months and years of very 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 intense training to get you ready for that and when, when we came back to India I was just going into uh, 11th grade and I was really struggling with having left Hong Kong and my friends and everything familiar there behind and um, I wasn't necessarily unhappy to be in India, but I was unhappy to have been taken away from my comfort zone. And I did not deal well with change. And it was in that context that uh, I began training for my Arangetram with my mom. So yeah, it was intense. Um, basically, in the second half of 10th grade into 12th, oh, sorry, uh, 11th grade, which was 20, beginning of 2010, um, that was kind of when the training really, really started to ramp up. So it was, it started off with like an hour, um, almost every day. And then, you know, by the time we got to the summer, working towards a date of October 2nd, it ended up being, uh, of the final performance. It was every single day practice for hours hours and hours and I was doing an internship at the time I had to prepare for my college applications I was like pretty depressed to be very honest at the time as well and I didn't I don't think anyone in my family or I knew really exactly how bad it was at the time it was just part of a whirlwind so it was just really not my best self at all and you know it was in that situation that I was doing all of this stuff um and that was also the year that my mother lost her dad um he passed away in 2010 after being sick for a few years. Um, so it was a really difficult time. 
Um, and so she and I, I think, really struggled at points because we both had a lot of resentment for each other, I think, because she was annoyed that I wasn't taking it more seriously, that I wasn't pushing harder myself and taking it on myself. And I was resentful that she was putting this much pressure on me. I think my mom and I really struggled with having that guru shishya relationship in the context of the mother-daughter relationship and like living in the same house, not getting a break from each other enough. And, you know, also having, and in the context of having been close, very, very close since I was born. So I think it was just a really testing time, uh, all things considered for, for both of us. think one of the most complicated relationships um, right up there is I think a woman's relationship with her mother um, especially at a time where women are finding their voices and are standing up for what they believe is equality and things like that you know I feel like the generation gap feels very very stark in our times um, at least for me it's like it's stark in the sense like it's not as brutally stark i guess sorry that's not the right thing it's like it's this nuanced thing where my mother has been raised in a traditional patriarchal environment and then she raised me to be this strong fierce independent woman and like you know it's obvious in the way that i live my life you know that i live independently i live alone i'm single and i'm running my own business um but you know somewhere she's so like she's so deeply conditioned and those expectations from women surface time and again like for example today it's Karvachot so she's kept the vrat and everything and she does a puja and you know she messages me being like I wish you were here um I don't expect you to be here but I wish you were here like applying mandy and eating sweets with me all of that stuff but I was like but you know I hear this from you all the time like all the time you you wish I was here, but if I was your son who, who told you that, mom, I'm, I'm working and I can't, you wouldn't keep sending me those messages because somewhere it is deeply ingrained in you. That expectation is ingrained in you that women are supposed to be in the home more doing those things. So like, it's a bit of a, you know, like it's a bit of an irritating thing because it's like, I am a product of your upbringing. I was, raised you know like i was told as i was raised like to be financially independent to be financially independent and i've reached that point now how do you think i'm financially independent it's because i work and but you want me to be available for every single festival that happens in our hindu calendar which is bizarre to me um i don't understand how you expect me to have these superhuman powers of running a house running my business and to be able to swing by at home at all times for family things. I don't think men face these expectations. Like my brother will draw a strict boundary and that's that. So that's one complicated, you know, mouthful. 
I am very close to my mother and yes, I do think we're friends and yes, we fight and you know, we do have different outlooks on life. Um, one of the biggest ones being where she still, as much as again, I'm the product of her upbringing and I live on my own independently. I work for myself, all that jazz, but like somewhere she still thinks of me as part of the family unit because I'm not married. And this is a big point of contention between us where I'm like, why do you have such a big problem? Like with, you know, the way I live, like in your mind, you're like, oh, you left the house and there was a difficult time. That's why you left the house where I'm like, okay, so if I was married and I left the house, it would have been fine if I was leading my life because I had a man on my arm and, you know, I was in that situation but because i am single and living on my own it is problematic to you like even though you raised me to be this way you know like so i find that very very tricky where you know like this is i think a big a big big disagreement where she definitely has regrets of not continuing her career and i feel like i very much am doing things that she wished she had done however she still expects me to do everything else that she's doing and i'm like do you understand that that's just way too many expectations from a woman like you a man doesn't face those kind of expectations you know the thing is in that generation i don't think they had any escape really even if you grew up in a cosmopolitan modernish family i think that a lot of times there was just so much to live up to especially as a girl there were so many expectations and it's unrelenting because it follows you through your life if it's not coming from your parents it's coming from your husband if it's not coming from your husband it's coming from your kids and you have to deal with with those expectations all the time of having to be this you know strong but caring and available mother all the time and people forget that these are human beings and it's so easy you know mothers are the easiest to judge because i don't think so much judgment falls on unavailable fathers you know but if as a mother if at some point you haven't been there for your kid in some capacity people are harsh people are really really fucking harsh like i know that one of the biggest struggles my mother has had is really just saying I have my own career, I have my own life and sometimes that means not being at home with my kids and not being at home with the family to take care of the house. And so it's just really having to balance this whole thing of being this kind of homemaker at some point but also being somebody who is an entertainer, you know, which is pretty much the you know, diametrically opposite to being a homemaker. It it challenging you know i think especially for her because a lot of the times her personal life is sort of played out you know in a very public way and i know that for her one like and i think i've kind of inherited this from her this whole feeling of being somebody who doesn't have the liberty to love or somebody who doesn't have the liberty to be loved in the way that she wants you know and even though i haven't personally experienced that myself having seen my mother grow to go through that i find myself sort of imbibing the same qualities and the same sort of preconceived notions when it comes to love and it's kind of sad like i wish i could break her out of that but i can't because i haven't lived her experience i think the best thing that we can offer our mothers at this point is empathy like there's nothing else that we really can offer you know 
I'm at that point right now where I don't think there's much that she can point to and say there's something wrong here. So there's not much for us to fight about. And since we get along in terms of you know just interpersonal relationship and things like that, again, there's not too much there. But yeah, she she cares. She cares. She worries a lot about uh, say two three people in her life. Again, this comes from her uh, the kind of turmoil that she had to experience when she was you know born a, a not so well to do Muslim in India who ended up marrying a politically motivated family, say, uh, you know, a Jat Hindu. There's so much chaos that comes with that. And be that, you know, the in-laws not at all wanting to engage with us, her parents doing their own entirely different set of completely unacceptable activities, um, all kinds of shit, I think, you know. So it's impressive that she kind of just said, you know, I'm going to put my foot down and be a certain very specific type of way about things. And I think that's why we are where we are right now, because she's kind of recognized that yeah, this fighting shit doesn't really help when it's going to be meaningless little conversations. What I'm going to care about are things that I know I need to care about and I'm not going to get carried away, which is, again, full credit to her, which is what I seem to be saying a lot because I do mean it. I mean, um, I don't have as much of a relationship with my father. It's a brilliant relationship. It's healthy. It's this, it's that. I, you know, I can go on there as well. But I think she has really gone out of her way to tailor her engagement with me to who I am as a person. And I'd like to believe I've done the same. I think my mum is by far my biggest frenemy. I, she is incredible. And I think there's nobody I aspire to be like more, but also nobody who makes me lose my cool as quickly. And I, I don't lose my temper. And I'm not someone that I'm very dramatic, but really not aggressive. And she just knows the right thing to say to piss me off. And I react. Um, and I think a lot of that stems from me wanting her approval more and more the older I get. And I think with age, I've really been able to see the kind of woman she is and the kind of um, sacrifices she's made um, and hopefully imbibed a lot of the values she has. So she's pretty much done a lot of single parenting for me and my brother and ran a school and ran the house and is the world's best cook and did ikibana for a lot of our childhood um, and was super, super strict. Like I wasn't allowed to wear nail polish, wear makeup till grade 11. I wasn't allowed to cross the road by myself. And my mom is, she's a strict mom and she's a principal. So she's very scary. <laughs> um, but also I think the older I get, the more relaxed she has become and the more I see that she is so generous and so kind and so hardworking and so intelligent um, and she can never hear me say this but fairly reasonable uh, and I think the ease with which she does everything and like how big her heart is is something that I really hope to have one day but perhaps my daughter can wait nail polish in grade five <laughs> there are certain things and this is kind of what thrown up in the polls as well that you know a lot of people on the polls could basically not discuss like sex with their mother pretty much i think 80 percent of all the people who participated and that's so interesting because, for example my personal relationship with my mom is such that we can talk about sex anytime anywhere you know like it's it's not a taboo topic at all and in fact She's the kind of person who'd ask me, like, I, you know, if I start dating someone new, she'd just be like, oh, I hope you're sexually compatible because that's really important. 
it's also interesting because um like there are certain things which uh such as money for example money is a bit of a touchy topic between us that normally you would find yourself readily discussing with a parent and then certain things that you don't that i have like no qualms bringing up with my mom so i think just her as an individual it's really hard to kind of define her um over the years i've definitely seen her play like various roles like whether it's you know the bread or the breadwinner of the family or the homemaker or the person settling us settling the family in abroad or like the one teaching me biology to like 4 a.m and drawing my diagrams Uh, but i think i've really kind of seen her move beyond her familial duties and perhaps explore her needs and desires as a human being and as a woman in her 50s you know which is saying something i think up until she was 30 she was kind of more or less living according to what she thought her parents wanted for her then she was kind of in a marriage so that changes things you know you you are thinking as a unit you're not really thinking for yourself uh which then kind of makes me think that like having that time between a serious relationship that might potentially turn into marriage and between leaving your parents house is quite imperative because perhaps that's the truly one of the few phases in your life wherein you'd have time to explore yourself as a person circumstances into which she was born into the type of you say the wealth the family had the education both her parents had my grandmother didn't finish high school and while my nana was quite well educated again that's very different from her having achieved basically gotten five different degrees in five different fields uh, highly accomplished was doing really well professionally uh, up until i was say the age of 4 or 5 when she said screw this i'm taking care of this kid and not uh, doing the whole career thing and keep in mind she was earning much more than my dad was at the time so again that's such a completely different reality from my fairly straightforward and honestly privileged experience which is that yeah go school undergrad us come back job mba again back to the us so you know there's not much like i said turmoil or stress or extraneous factors that are you know causing me to make decisions that i don't want to make whereas she's done a lot of that and i think it comes out in little little ways like for example recently she had traveled to colombia because she can now she doesn't you know she lives a she lives a best life as i've been saying and <clears throat> it was a trip that she just went on alone with her sister and she came back and we had a conversation and this is not say 2 3 years back even and she told me that this is the first time she's traveled outside of the country on her own and to me that's crazy because she's you know she does all kinds of things on her own she's the most independent person i know even with her relationship with my father she's very independent they don't really lean on each other for much out you know outside of the ordinary few things that you would with a spouse um they again they both do their own thing and so she, i just could not put that together with you know who she was as a person but to her traveling alone as a muslim woman was just not done so coming from where she comes from none of that made sense to her and she waited up until the age of say 55 to have that experience 
when it's completely in line with her personality my mom and i are close in a manner that perhaps i'm close to my own instincts irrespective of my feelings about them i've uh, come to realize that we have a strong connection so it's kind of a waste of time pretending that it doesn't exist i have done that bit and it doesn't work so <laughs> just made a deal with the deal with myself i guess when it comes to this relationship uh but are we friends uh no i don't think we are friends this is a very specific one time only relationship that uh that doesn't uh, i feel that we expect our mothers to just understand us as as children and uh, it isn't an unreasonable expectation and because we have been taught to see adults as logical beings with all the answers almost godlike but of course they're not and that understanding uh, comes with time not in everyone though but with time and that time could vary from like a few years to a few decades and you know it's just realizing that they're just going through life and adulting slowly or rapidly and learning to parent on the go so the only way to look differently at my mom was to ask her about her life repeatedly and then listen to her stories that's the only way i could make sense of my own time with her and kind of understand where she was coming from and where she's going i don't know you know honestly my mom is just already a pretty unique person you know she has a really strong personality she's well 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 ahead of her time she you know it's an interreligious marriage she and my father had a live-in relationship before they got married she's worked her whole life you know she's not necessarily maternal in all the typical ways and she's she's just like a thorough professional and like a bit of a hard ass you know so i've always recognized that she's been that she's very different from what other people conceive of as you know maternal but i guess what's different to me about her is like i've delineated how she shows her love you know so food is a big way food is a huge way that she's constantly demonstrating when she loves someone you know like she'll remember tiny things that i like and just go out of her way to ensure that i'm at any given point like really well fed and really satisfied and always the food that she thinks i potentially wouldn't be getting when i'm living independently or perhaps not getting as much of so i think that's a big one also i think this is any delhi mother the amount they check up on you when you leave the house is fucking annoying but fully makes sense and again really just an extension of just pretty mad love so yeah i i would just say i've always looked at her differently um now in case the second part of the question which is how do i think she is different from other people in my life mm, <clears throat> i don't know i think she is she's sort of the my final the final voice in my head you know so if i have an idea of something i want to do i'll ask a couple of friends i'll ask maybe a mentor i'll ask someone who's experienced in this space but ultimately i need to ask her because hers is just that nagging you know voice in the back of my head and i don't know i guess it's somewhere somewhere that's the only um i don't want to say approval but that's the only person whose happiness my life 
is that dedicated to you know so that's my last checkbox which is will this be important to amma will this make her happy there's also something to be said about a mother's intuition uh i mean there's like actual scientific basis for this i think but i don't know mothers just know best i don't know what it is you know it's like they can just sniff bullshit from a mile away they can predict how certain things are going to pan out for you which is not to say that they should impose that perspective on you and mine doesn't i mean i'm free to do exactly what i want to do and then i do it and then i kind of regret it because it doesn't pan out the way i expected it to and then i go back to it and i'm like you know maybe i should have listened to you but it's also weird i mean of course all kids go through that sense of disassociation from their parents and don't want to mimic their parents but sometimes i feel like we can also take that too far because there's definitely uh, a lot of lessons in there that can be learned so when i was growing up i think like many of us i saw my mom just as a mom you know like uh, most kids don't even know their mom's name they're just like yeah that's mom she's going to take care of me she's going to feed me maybe she's strict maybe she's not strict maybe whatever so i saw my mom as a mom and i really didn't start to think about her as a whole person uh until i started thinking about her negatively which makes me really sad to say now but it's because i saw a part of myself within her that i didn't like she was a really sensitive person she is a really sensitive person and so and i so am i we both get affected by moods the moods of other people we both feel awful when we see somebody suffering in front of us we both feel very hurt very easily and i hated this because to me like most of us are taught this is a sign of weakness and a sign of strength is kind of stoicness and um an unfeelingness almost and that's not the case with her in contrast i had a slew of family members mostly men who were exactly that kind of definition of strength that we normally are used to which is quiet and really successful and they did well monetarily and came from poor backgrounds but still kind of rose and known in their career circles and respected all of those things i wanted to be like that i wanted to be like that in my later school years i wanted to shed the sensitivity and become strong and strong and strong and strong till the point when it was exhausting and when it was exhausting and when i was at my rock bottom i think that's when i looked at this negative side of my mom's differently and i started to acknowledge the things i already knew but didn't completely appreciate which was that she was this incredible person who was sensitive and kind and empathetic but also extremely funny and articulate and loving and so charismatic and overall amazing so it actually took me a long time to not take my mom for granted and realize that i'm really really lucky to have a mother who in an indian society doesn't put pressure on her babies to have you know to get married fast or have certain careers or do things all the time for her you know so that's i i can't thank my mom enough for who she is and i think my worst fear is losing her 
it still makes me sad to think about it happening one day and that's the sad part about our relationship is that we constantly worry for each other as a kid i was very sick so she was a bit of a helicopter mom and even now she gets stressed and worried about me very easily and i get stressed and worried about her and other people too very easily that's the main negative thing i've got from her but aside from that i think everything i've i've learned which is you know take your time do your own thing you know dabble in art read be content all of these things i'm learning from my mother and her mother and most of all um when i look at them i learn just how wide and vast love can be and how much it can do for you as a person and how important kindness is but not like a tokenistic kindness like you really like a, a lifestyle of kindness uh and humor you know and animals and food and pleasure and all of these wonderful things uh so i'm really grateful for my mother's existence in general i have a wonderful relationship with her and even though there are fears and negatives to it i'm i consider myself really lucky to be born where i was born with the parents i have today and if i could hold you know a locket of my mom <laughs> around my heart all the time maybe i should i think i would so that's that's my little love letter to her So thanks so much for listening in today guys. I hope this was an interesting journey for you. We decided to change it up a little bit. We don't want to keep it too formal. Uh you know, there's there's no point being pedantic about something which is entirely subjective. Um again, I want to thank the people who contributed to this episode. And yeah, I just hope you had fun and I hope you're going to pick up the phone and call your mom. Call your mothers guys. Talk to them. For our next episode, we are going to explore dreamscapes. So we invite you to send in your dreams that you've had during the pandemic because uh, in our experience people have had some really crazy dreams during the pandemic. And what we're going to do is create an audioscape with your dreams and music and We're trying something different and I think it could be really exciting. So please 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 send in voice notes of your dreams and we're going to create a little audioscape around it. Um until then just keep listening in, you know where to find us, leave us some comments, reach out with your thoughts, good or bad. Uh yeah, just let us know where you're at and stay tuned.